Thanks. Oh, I couldn't. Well, maybe just a bite. the interest. the pie. That short video is how I began this series that I'm finishing up today called Pi. And I wonder how many of us are like that guy we just read about. With our list of things we have to do with our money, and then we end up at the end, and there's very little left for us, and there's none left for God. And today, what today is about is... What if we took that picture you just saw in that video, what if we took that and we we reversed that table that you just saw and God was first and all those other things were next in line behind Him? I can promise you because of what the Bible says that if you do that, I promise your life will be different, not just financially, but relationally, spiritually, spiritually. And emotionally. If you came here for the first time today, it's your first time at LifePoint, you might be thinking, oh great, he's talking about money. I show up the first day. Money. Just what I expect a pastor to talk about. The Bible has a lot to say about money. 
Don't let that concern you that I'm talking about it today because God has a lot to say. The Bible has a lot to say about money. In fact, Jesus talked more about that than just about any other topic because he knew the draw it could have on our hearts. It's not really about the money, though, when you think about it. It's, it's about trust. It's about trusting God first and then letting everything else come next. So it's not about the money, the dollars, the, the, the checks, or whatever. It, it's about trust. I would like to have 100 bucks. Is there anybody in here that would bring me $100? I'm going to keep it. I'm keeping it. You don't get it back. Can, anybody? Seriously. Anybody? You know, usually when I, when I ask for a show of hands, folks are just raising up their hands. I see people going through their purse. Come on. I, need, I want $100. I bring, oh, here we go. We have a taker. I see. All right, Perry. Look at that. Brought me 100 bucks. I should have asked for more. Thank you. You think I'm trying to trick you or something? It's staying in there. Two hundred. <laughs> All right, you can have a seat. In Proverbs chapter three. In Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Hold him down, please. In Proverbs chapter three, verse five, it says this. And I hope you've memorized it. If you've been here every part of this series, I hope you've memorized this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So this whole series has not been about money. It's been about trust in God's way. Because my way gets me off course. My way is a mess. God's way is perfect. My way causes me to go down paths I shouldn't have gone down. My way is faulty. God's isn't. And, and like I've said... The whole time, God gives us, we're using a pie as an illustration of all the blessings that God puts into our lives. He, every person in here, if you're breathing, you're blessed. If you've got money to buy food, you are blessed. Whether you feel it or not, God has poured blessings into your life. Some people a whole bunch, some people a little bit, doesn't matter. God has blessed you. And when God blesses you with your pie... He expects you to trust Him with those blessings. And instead of going in the order you just saw on the video, God expects us to turn that around and say, God, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for all the things I can do with these blessings. I'm going to bring a portion of that back to you because it all belongs to you and I trust you with everything God, this peace comes back to you. Even though it's all yours, I'm going to trust you. And I'm first. The first thing I'm going to do with my pie is say, God, this peace is yours. When that happens, not only is this peace supernatural, all of what's left is supernatural. But you know what happens to a lot of people? We, we have, many of us are greatly, I mean, huge amounts of blessings financially, spiritually, emotionally in our lives. So it's easy to start to trust in the blessings instead of the one who gave us the blessing. It's easy to start to find hope and comfort and contentment in all of this 
that God's given us instead of trusting in the one who gave it. And that's what this whole series has been about, trusting God with everything we have. When we trust in this, we get this attitude, an I want it all attitude. I want all of it. I don't just want, I don't just want a little piece. I, I want all of it. And I'm going to, I'm not going to eat any today. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to, I want the whole thing. And I'm just going to go. And I'm, I want it all. You know, an I want it all attitude leads to, well, an I want it all attitude kills my contentment. Because if you want it all, you know, have you noticed they're making new stuff all the time? Have you noticed that? There's new stuff better than your stuff that'll be out next week. So whatever you have, it's going to be outdated because they, they won't stop making new stuff. I thought I had the latest and greatest and coolest phone not too long ago. Man, Rob comes up and says, hey, this is the one I'm going to get. I'm like, oh, man, that's better than mine. Saying, I want it all, will kill your contentment because there's new stuff to want every day. And the fastest path to discontentment is when we're not happy with what God has blessed us with and we begin to say, I want it all, I want it all. And that leads to what I talked about last week, debt, which is a major blessing blocker. If you think you're blessed, how many of you think you're blessed? Just, just raise your hand. You think you're blessed. You, you think you're blessed. You want to put your blessing on turbo? I mean, you want to kick it up? I mean, you really start to feel blessed even more than you do now. That comes between here and here. Because when your blessing gets to be supernatural, it's when you're saying, God, I'm going to trust you with everything, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring you the first part. I'm going to bring to you part of the blessing that you've given me. God says that we are just managers of His resources. So no matter how much our little is in your bank account, that's God's. It's no more or less God's than the money that just went in those popcorn buckets going around. Because it's all His. Last week I had ten people, five people each service, come up on the stage and we gave them each $100. You're thinking, man, the one week I miss... <laughs> gives out $100 bills. They came up and we gave them a challenge. Over the next seven weeks, we want you to manage this money to help us, to show us what can happen when we begin to see money as God's, all, money, all of the money we have in our bank accounts with our name on it, that's God's money too. What happens when we start to manage that instead of saying, I own this, it's mine, I'm going to do what I want with it? What would happen? You can read about it on our website. Go on our website. Down at the bottom, there's a, a little $100 bill. Just click on that, and you can read about all the people that have agreed to do that, the 10 folks, and, and some of the stories that they're already telling. Already, last week, out in the lobby, people came up to those people that got the $100 and said, I'd like to match it. I'd like to match it. So already, it's multiplying. And now they're thinking, some of them, well, let's pull it together, and we can do something even greater than just 100 Together, we have 1000 plus the matching, and... I don't know what they're going to do with it yet, but I guarantee that when they manage that money like it's God's because it is, we're going to see some big blessings in people's lives. Just imagine if we all got there. If we all got there to where when we looked at our bank accounts, we saw them as, saw them as God's accounts, God's money. One of my friends tells me all the time, he'll say, 
Donnie, don't worry about money. God's got plenty of money. I'm like, yeah, but it's in your bank account. <laughs> That's where he puts it. It's in there. So, so don't give me that. The Bible talks a lot about money. Here, here's some things it says. In Matthew 6, verse 24, No man can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. If you read the Bible as a little kid, chances are you read the King James Version. In that version, it says, you cannot serve God and mammon. I remember thinking, what in the world's a mammon? Never seen one, you know, don't plan on serving one. So <laughs> mammon, it comes from a Greek word, mammonase, which just means confidence and wealth. So when Jesus said that in Matthew 6, what he was saying was, you cannot have confidence in God and confidence in wealth. You've got to choose. You can't serve both. You can't put your confidence in both, one or the other, but not both. Not that, not that money is evil at all. Money does wonderful things. In the hands of the right person, it can change the world. The evil comes in when we start to love and lust after it. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, money's not bad. There, there's, nothing evil, there's nothing evil about that money that somebody just brought me that I'm going to keep. There, there's nothing evil about this. But there's one thing about money. Money promises, or the, maybe the world, but the, the world would like us to think money promises that which only God can deliver. Money promises security. Enough of this, and you will feel secure. That might be true, but it's only temporary. Money promises significance. Money promises freedom. Money promises peace. And if you want to have those in reality, they can only come from God, not from money. So money promises us what only God can deliver. The truth is, if those things came from money, then all the people with the money would all be happy, right? If you could get all that from having money, then, then all the people with money would be just going around with smiles on their faces all the time because they're so happy. Somebody with a lot that's been blessed with a lot would be the first to tell you that's not what life is all about. Today, this message for the next few minutes is about this peace. It's about this supernatural peace that comes from all the blessings that God has given us, and He says, bring back some of that to me. Today's about this peace. I read to you from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. If you skip down a couple of more verses, it says this in verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Great, but I don't have barns and vats, so what, what's that mean? If you would have heard that 4,000 years ago, you would have probably been a farmer or, or a sheep herder. Or you would have had something that you would have understood that the first thing you do is bring God what is best. Honor God first. And when you do that, you are putting yourself in a place where you can even receive more blessing. Honor God last and you'll never have enough to do it. 
they understood that this honoring God, bringing this first fruits to the temple, to the priests, that, that's all a picture of the, first, of, of, the, of the local church. There's something special about this, this peace. Even though it's all God's, there's something special when we say, God, you've given all this to me. Now I'm going, now I'm going to trust you. So it's not about money. It's about trust. There's something special in God's heart when he sees someone who's been blessed by him and all of us have, and they say, God, I trust you. I trust you with this. In fact, if we're going to see in just a minute, God begs us, asks us, trust me, test me, and watch what happens. God's serious about this. All through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you hear you, you, you can read about the first fruits, the principle of first fruits. God said, dedicate your firstborn to me, the, the firstborn out of your sheep, out of your herds, the first fruits out of your vineyards, bring those to me. When the Israelites escaped from Egypt, spent 40 years in the desert, finally getting to go into the promised land, they had to defeat some enemies. And God said, the first city you conquer, bring all the gold, all the silver, all the riches to the temple. Bring that to me. And then the next cities, enjoy. Do whatever you want with whatever is left. But first, bring that to me. And that's how God illustrated to them trust. He didn't need the gold. He doesn't need your money. But He desires your trust. Last week I talked about Adam and Eve and how God put them over the garden and said, manage the garden. There's a part of the garden that's, that's, that you've got to stay away from that's reserved for me, that's sacred, that's holy. Stay away from it. Because if you don't, you'll die spiritually. They couldn't do it. They couldn't deal with just the blessings God had given them. They had, to, they had to go for all of it. They were put out of the garden, died spiritually. They had two sons, Cain and Abel. Then Cain and Abel grew up. One of them was a farmer. One of them was a shepherd. Cain the farmer, it says this in Genesis 4, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. He brought some. He brought what was left over. And God wasn't pleased. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Abel brought what was best. He brought the first, just like God asked for. The difference in those two, one person said, God, I trust you. I'm going to bring you the first and the best, and I know you're going to bless the rest of it. The other one said, God, I'm going to take care of all my stuff first, and then I'm going to give you what's left over. So how does that translate into how we should give? What's God asking from us? What's he asking for? You don't have to read long in the Bible. You start to read about this thing called the tithe, how God asked the Israelites, for, a ten, for 10% of their crops, 10% of their money, 10%, God said, bring that back to me, all your wealth right off the top, because that part is sacred. That's the trust part. They stopped doing that. Jerusalem got in ruins. They stopped giving God the tithe. This guy called, named Nehemiah came along later, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. And one of the first things the leaders did was say, we've got to start bringing God the tithe again. And while they were not bringing God the tithe, God was saying, you're robbing me. And they would say, how, how are we robbing you? And he would say, God said, when you 
bring me a blemished animal. When you look around your herd and you say, well, there's a sick one, give that one to God because you know, he doesn't need it and we're not going to use it, so just give that to him. And God says, when you do that, you're robbing me and what you do have left is cursed. And then he said this, in Malachi 3, verse 10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. God says, bring it to me. See, bringers understand that they are managers, not owners. See, if I own it, I give it. But if God owns it, I bring it. Because it's not about money here, it's about trust. It's about trusting God with all the blessings that He's given us. I mean, look, look how generous He is. He says, I'm going to bless you, you bring the first 10% back to me, that's called a tithe, and look, He's asking for this. And He says, take this and enjoy. That is generosity. So it blows my mind to think there are Christ followers that say, I'm not doing that. I got other plans for my money. I'm not good. I think the Bible probably, I don't, maybe you don't have to do that in the New Testament. So let me read the whole New Testament and see if I can find a place where, where you know, you don't have to do it anymore. And the New Testament doesn't talk a lot about tithing. It does talk about it, but probably because people got so legalistic in thinking, if I just do 10%, then my heart is fine and and. So Jesus didn't talk a whole lot about it, but he talked about being generous. And you see example after example in the New Testament of them bringing their offerings back to the church. So why is it that 97% of people who say, I follow Christ, also say, I don't tithe? Why is it that 97% of people say, where'd it go? 97% of people, why do they say, I can handle this on my own. I can handle 100% of this. I don't need to do the 10% thing. I've got it. Why, why do 97% of people who follow Christ do that? Well, I, I don't get it. Especially when God says, you, you want more blessing? You want some more stuff? You, you, you want some more peace, some more contentment, some growth in your life? Then, then give me, bring me the tithe. And God says, test me. If you've got some doubts, if you're wondering, God says, test me. And just watch. Watch the blessings that come into your life. God also says, if, I, if you're going to test me, he says, I'm going to test you. In Luke chapter 16, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. The more I trust God, the more he trusts me. You know, I, I know a lot of people who have gotten in on this tithing thing and said, you know, I, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do 10%. I, I'm just going to do it of everything. Every amount of money that comes into my house, I'm going to bring 10% and give it to God through the local church. I'm just going to do it. And the stories they could tell of how God has blessed their lives, sometimes financially, many times spiritually and emotionally and relationally. Hey, I, I wish I could just play a video of every person that, that ever said, hey, I started this, and look, and I've never had a person come to me and say, you know, I try this, and that's a bunch of bunk. <laughs> that didn't work. You know, I'm doing 10%. I got less money than I've ever had, but I have heard the opposite. See, tithing won't lead you to trust, but real trust 
not just verbal, but real trust will lead you to tithing. See, if, if you see yourself as a manager, it's easy. It's not mine anyway. I'm just managing it to the best of my ability. Since God's been around a lot longer than I have and He's seen a lot more than I have, I'm going to bring Him the 10% that He asked for because He knows better. Managers don't have a problem with that. But owners say, wait, wait, this is mine. I earned it. And I'll decide. I'll decide what charity it goes to. I'll decide what cause it goes to. And those may be great causes. But that's to be done with your 90%. Not, Not God's 10% that He asked for. What trust is there in you going out and choosing where you want to put it? There's not a lot of trust in that. That's generosity. That's an offering. That's saying, I'm going to take some of my blessing that God's given me after I've given to Him, and I'm going to bless other people with it, other organizations, other, other causes. There's many great ones out there. That's a wonderful thing to do with what God has blessed you with, not with the part He says, trust me with. So God says, bring me the tithe. See, my goal as a pastor is to help people grow. And, and this is part of spiritual growth, is, is, is realizing that everything we have belongs to God, and God asked for 10% of my money to be brought back to the local church. That's what it says. Just, I'm just reading to you what the Bible says, but it's not about getting more of your money. It's not about getting those popcorn buckets more full. That's why I made sure we took it up before because I don't want you to think I'm trying to make some emotional plea for you to write a bigger check. What the Bible says about giving is for you to purpose and plan it in your heart, not to just respond to some emotional message and say, well, I'm going to write a bigger check because you made me feel guilty. That's not what it's all about. It's about trusting God with everything that you have. One person who jumped into tithing said this. They said, I can't live well on 100% of my income. Every time I try, I run out of money. I go into debt, and I struggle with contentment. But now that I'm living on 90%, I'm more content and more blessed, and I have more peace than ever before. I'm finished trying to live on 100%. So I have a challenge for you for the next 100 days. The 100-day challenge. I challenge everybody to tithe to your local church. It's a challenge. And watch what God does in your life. I was tempted. I was tempted to say, and if if you're not blessed because of it, come back and we'll give your money back. We'll just, we'll refund your tithe after 100 days. But I didn't want to trivialize it. It's a serious thing to say, God, I trust you. I want this, this supernatural part of my life to start to come together and I'm going to bring you what you've asked for. Do that for the next 100 days. And I promise, because I believe the Bible is true, I promise that you will have blessings that you don't have now. They may not be financial. Anybody that promises they're only going to be financial, they don't know what they're talking about. But you will have blessings, maybe financially, spiritually, relationally, emotionally. Your life will be blessed if you say, God, I'm going to stop determining and I'm going to bring you what you ask me to bring you. And I'm going to let you work blessings in my life. That $100 bill that Perry brought to me, it's mine. I gave it to him before church started. And I said, when I say the word seriously and try to beat anybody else down there if they're doing it, bring that to me. Now, Perry, 
I don't mean to put you on the spot, but was it easier to bring this to me because you knew it was already mine? Of course. So I didn't see a lot of other people jumping up. I did see a couple. Come see me afterwards. I did see a couple people reaching for their wallets, going to bring me $100. Because it's easy to understand, well, Donnie just handed that to me. He asked me to give it back. No problem. I'll bring it. There you go. Because he saw it was never his to start with. What would happen if a church started to see that? What would happen if you started to see that in your life? If there was a line outside the theater on the way out, one line said, $100 here, but the only way you could get that $100 is to go in the next line and, and uh, give, a, give $10. What a deal. I would, I would get in line, bring on the 90 bucks. That's what God does for us every day. Say, I'm going to bless you with ability. I'm going to bless you with the ability to produce wealth. I'm going to bless you with all these things in your life, including money. And I'm asking you to bring part of that back to me. That's what God is asking each of us to do. Go on our website in the little search parts, a little white box on the left side. Type in the word tithe. Be a summary of what I, you do that today. It's already there. Be a summary of what I've talked about today where you can share your 100-day tithing story. If you're already a tither and you've got a story you want to share, go there, type tithe in the search box, and you'll go to a page that just talks about the 100-day tithe at LifePoint. If you'd like to talk to me more about it, I'm open all the time. My email address is on there. But please share your stories of blessing as God blesses you over the next 100 days. Those of you that have never done this before, if you get in on this, you're going to be one of those stories. I know it. May you allow yourself to be in the place where God can trust you with even more blessing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the way you've blessed us, for the way you've um, come into our lives and, and, and filled us up with blessing. Father, help us to realize that we are managers and not owners. And God, when we bring our tithe back to the local church, Father, it's not about racking up more numbers or paying for anything. It's about trusting you. God, I pray for the people who just can't see their way through to tithing. God, I pray you would help them to give what they can now and work towards and purpose in their heart what you've asked us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming today. I appreciate you being here.